Welcome to the neighborhood. My name is Michael Lacey, husband, father, and host of the Wealthy Neighbor Show, where every week we bring you an amazing interview or message to inspire you as you build wealth for your family. Thanks for stopping by the neighborhood. Now let's jump right in with today's message. Welcome back to the neighborhood. This is episode two with my guy Felipe, who was able to reach financial freedom before age 30 through real estate investing. So here's the thing about Felipe. He doesn't have hundreds of properties under his belt like some of you may think. He has like 10, but with those 10, he's built a healthy enough monthly cash flow to not need a traditional nine to five job again. Why? Because those 10 deals that he has, they cover his monthly expenses. His story just goes to show you that finding the right real estate deals for what your goals are can catapult you straight into financial freedom. So Felipe, thanks a lot for coming on the show, man. I know time is very important to you and I really appreciate you being here. So here's what I want to know. When did you know that you wanted to jump into real estate investing and make this your career? When did I know that I wanted to jump in? Man, honestly, it was a progressive thing. I knew that real estate had always been in my life. I just feel like I always had it on the back burner. I always had rental property. I always rented to people, but it was more of a way of paying my bills and affording that. I remember as far back as when my parents got divorced, my mom rented rooms to make up for the bills, right? I mean, that was the only way that we could afford it. So rental properties and renting has always been in my background. I just never knew it, if that makes sense, until I needed it. Right. So talk about that. I mean, what what was it that made you feel like you needed it? Sure. So when I went to college, you know, I, we didn't come from a wealthy background or anything. When I went to college, what, uh, what happened was my mom gave me her half ownership of a mobile home. So my stepdad owned the other half and I bought him out. And that was kind of where I, I saw the power of real estate in rental income, if you will. I rented out one room in the house because I couldn't afford the whole thing by myself being in college. And then I quickly realized that I was living for free. I was like, oh, wait a minute. My tenant is paying for my bills paying for my house and he shares one room in a two bedroom mobile home and I rarely see him. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I, and from there, I went to college, graduated, did the whole school thing. You can see my my degree back there. And you know, it's funny on this side, I have a bunch of books and I feel like I've made more money based on those real estate books than that college degree. You listeners, you can't see this right now, but Felipe and I are recording this via video and right above his left shoulder is his college degree. And he's pointing to some books that are literally sitting at his right hand and they are real estate books. Correct. Correct. I really feel like my real estate education has been worth more to me than that degree any day. I think that degree was more social, more for my parents, more following the line of what I thought I was supposed to do and not stepping outside of that norm. Okay. Let's go back a little bit because you said your mother gifted you half ownership of a mobile home. That's how you got your start in real estate, right? Right. So most people were getting a car or a ring for graduation or whatever the case may be. Uh, I, I got half a mobile home. So how did, yeah, because I kind of heard your voice there. How did you feel about that initially as a gift? I I didn't really like it, to be honest. I was like, oh, great. You know, what am I supposed to do here? But it, it made me learn the power of real estate. Yeah. So you, you got that before college, correct? 
Yeah, it was right before. So it was after high school graduation, right before college. Yep. Okay. So then, so basically you go through college and your living expenses are pretty much covered. What do you feel like that did for you while you were in college? You know, it was funny because a lot of my friends would talk about, you know, just in social interactions and conversations, people were talking about, oh, I I can't because I have these bills to pay and I can't. And that slowly was teaching me, I don't have a light bill and a water bill right now. I don't have a rent bill. I So I never, even after I left my mom's house, I never had a mortgage payment. I never had a light bill or a water bill. So for me, that was normal. And I just kept that going as I grew. To this day, I still don't pay a mortgage. You know, one of my rental properties covers my mortgage and all my light bills and all my expenses here. Okay. So you go through college, you don't have rent, you don't have a mortgage, but did you find yourself like in student loan debt, credit card, anything like that? No. So luckily, you know, I was able to work on the weekends, not for my bills and not for my mortgage. So I was able to allocate those funds differently, right? You can imagine how I was able to allocate my funds because I didn't have a mortgage because I didn't have a light bill or a water bill. So you're able to save more. You're able to put monies towards something else rather than just your bills, just your mortgage and things like that, because those were already covered. So I, I didn't graduate with any debt or anything like that. You know, praise, you know, praise my mom for that. Praise God for helping us through that. But but no, I graduated completely debt-free. Okay, so that was how you got your start. Talk about where you are now. Interestingly enough, now I have... So well, let, let, me, let, me, let me answer you this question first. Let me answer you my goal, and that's going to help you out a lot. So my goal is to have my time back using real estate as a, as a vehicle to get there. So a lot of people say their goal is money or their goal is this or that or whatever the case may be. But, but that's not really a goal because if you, if you have money, okay, but what are you going to do with it? Right. So it's more of an actionable. What is your goal? What is your why? So for me, it's always been get my time back. Right. So what I look like now, I have about 18 tenants. We are actually closing on a property today after we get off of this interview. Pretty excited about that on another, on another house. And what I do is I rent by the room. So we rent just an average $500 per room. I usually buy 2000 square foot homes here in the Nashville area. And we create four or three rooms upstairs and usually another three downstairs. So you can do the math, $500 per room. The house usually cash flows over a thousand. And with those houses, I've been able to purchase my time back. So even to give you a little more detail, when I look for a deal or a house, I always make sure that it, it doesn't have to be the house that makes the most money or that looks the best or is the prettiest or whatever the case may be. I always make my decisions on my purchases based on if the house is going to directly impact my goal. So if my goal is time wealth, not money wealth, then I have to decide, is this house going to take up more of my time or give me more of my time back? You know what I mean? Here, let me show you this really quick. Uh, maybe your viewers one day will see it, but I'm holding up a book here called Life and Air. In Life and Air, it talks about the difference between time wealth and money wealth. And a lot, one of the biggest things on here, and I have it highlighted, one of the biggest things that it says is you might get millions, right? But life may not come with it. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. Whoa, that's heavy. Yeah, that is. That's heavy. Yeah, exactly. So what, I mean, what does, what does that look like for you? Because for, you know, everybody, it's a little bit different. You know, you with your time, how you want to spend your time is different from a listener who may be out there. So for you, what does that look like? It, it looks like being able to go on vacation when I want, spend the time with my family that I want, right? It looks like me being able to do a podcast today at 10.30 a.m. and not have to rush somewhere else. My mentor told me every yes to someone else is a no to your family. And that's another heavy one for me because I realized quickly that 
if someone was like, hey, let's go to lunch, that means I'm saying no to lunch with my wife, no to lunch with my kid. So I quickly realized how important my time was, even more important than money, right? So, so that's what it looks like for me. What, how am I going to use my time wisely with my kid, with my wife? How am I impacting my community and things like that with my church also? How, how much time I have to give back with our coaching and mentoring program? I have to set time aside to do that. You know, a lot of real estate people get into real estate for money. And I think ultimately they end up creating themselves another job. And if you wanted a higher paying job, just, just go apply somewhere, right? Real estate, you need to have a bigger goal than just money. Why do you feel that is that people jump into it for just money and, and not necessarily the time? Like what, what's the allure of real estate that, that creates that effect? Because most millionaires out there were made via real estate or use real estate as a vehicle, right? So you see that. So I'm five, nine, five, 10 on a good day, right? Uh, Mexican kid. I'm never going to play like for the Lakers. Like I'm never going to. So I'm never going to be a baller millionaire. I didn't grow up Donald Trumpish with a million dollars in my back pocket. I was like, okay, what is the quickest way to get my time back using money, not money using me? That's another gold nugget, man. So for me, it was very important that. So I knew I wasn't going to be a millionaire any other way to purchase my time back because time is very, very expensive, right? I, I knew that I had to purchase my time back and that was the that, that was the way I knew that I was going to do it. A lot of people get into real estate because most millionaires are made that way, but they don't realize that like I said before, sometimes you're going to trade your life for that money. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's a great point. I love that you brought that up. And so now I want to go back a little bit because we've talked about how early on, you know, you got gifted this thing and you were kind of like, dang, man, this ain't, you know, ain't what I really want. Right, right. And then at, at now 19, you, that's, you're not looking for a mobile, bro. You're looking for a car, some money. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, and then, and then fast forward now, you know, you've used that to build this great portfolio that has given you time wealth and that's yeah. incredible. Right. And so again, to your point, kudos to your mom for that. But when did you start to, what was that moment? for you that you were like, yeah, I'm hitting the gas on this. I'm going all in on this real estate thing. So that one even chokes me up. So that degree that you see back there was because I wanted to be a police officer. That was my goal. My goal was to be a police officer when I graduated college and the Lord had other plans and it didn't flourish the way I wanted it to. And that was after three and a half years of school being bilingual. You know, I speak English and Spanish pretty fluently. I grew up in Nashville and this is where I wanted to serve my community and give back by being a police officer here. And I, I couldn't get in. I can't, I can't tell you why. I got in once to the Metro National Police Department and four days in, I was asked to leave because I'm Latino. And that's the exact words of the, of the training officer. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll go in really quickly on that. So they have to hire a certain amount of women, a, cer- a certain amount of African American, a certain amount of Hispanic, a certain, they, they have to hire, they have to meet a quota of hires, right? They can't hire all white or all black or whatever. And I was told there was a girl who was a Puerto Rican who spoke Spanish. So she fit like four criteria, right? So she fit like a lot. So they checked off the Hispanic, checked off the bilingual, checked off the women. I mean, it was like, we don't need you. We're going to hire more of certain cops. And that really broke my heart. I cried all the way home. I can admit that now. I hated it. I I hated myself. I couldn't figure out what I did wrong. And even to this day, so much respect for police officers out there. I mean, they are on the line of duty for us and we sleep safe at night because of them. Most of them, some of them. And I had to come to terms that maybe they didn't see something in me that needed to be there. And I don't know what that was Mm. or whatever, but that's the only way that I can, you know, sleep at night is like, you know what? 
Maybe the training officer didn't see something in me that needed to be there where that police officers have. I don't know. And that's it. So anyways, after that, I jumped around a little bit from jobs to here to there, knowing that real estate was always in my background. Remember the mobile home is still there. All that was still there. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm out here working for $1,500 for two weeks and I'm making $1,000 on my mobile home a month. Why don't I just get four mobile homes and then I don't have to work? So that started clicking and I started noticing that his $100 is the same as my $100 but I just made it different just because I didn't go to work eight hours to make it. So the wheels just slowly started turning. I ended up selling the mobile home and bought my first single family. And man, the rest is just history. I got to tell you, I'm a little heartbroken by what you just said. You said you sold the mobile home. I did. You sold the mobile home. So what, what led to that decision? I didn't know about creative financing. I didn't know how to get money for the down payment for my single family home. And now I do. I kick myself every day for selling that mobile home. I wish I would have kept it. They cash flow amazing. They don't appreciate in value. They actually go down in value. But even the mobile home that I lived in when I was a kid, when I was like like three or four years old, is still at the lot today, still being rented. So somebody is still cash flowing $1,000 from a mobile home from back in like 1993, right? So... They don't appreciate, but they give great cash flow. And that goes back to my goals. If you, what's your goal? If your goal is cash flow, then you don't care for appreciation. If your goal is appreciation, then is cash flow really that important to you? So I always go back to that. You know, what is your goal? What make sure that you focus and uh, selling the mobile home was not part of my goal. So mistake there, but you live and learn. Hey, neighbor, we'll be back with more from Felipe after this quick message from one of our sponsors. Did you know less than 5% of the people who buy life insurance get the right coverage for their situation? As a young family, your financial obligations are growing, but you're also in the early stages of building wealth for the future. This means you may need more coverage now, but less down the road. And as your wealth builds, your kids grow up, and you inch closer to retirement, your life insurance plan should automatically adjust. However, that isn't always the case, and this is where everyday life steps in. Everyday Life is an online insurance concierge created by fintech experts who got frustrated while buying their insurance and took action. Here's how it works. Fill out their anonymous questionnaire in under three minutes and you'll get advice and pricing for your personalized coverage plan that automatically adjusts as your needs change. With more coverage now when your family needs it most and less down the road when you won't need as much, Everyday Life can save you money both now and in the future. Get your personalized plan at elifelabs.com slash winning to wealth. That's elifelabs.com slash winning to wealth. I want to transition a little bit and talk a little bit about the the business side for you. I mean, because, you know, you see a lot of people talking about real estate and it is grind, grind, grind. You know, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, yeah. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Yes, but you've used the real estate to leverage your time and, and buy your time back. So how have you structured your business in order for you to have that freedom? So... I've automated a lot of things. For instance, if I have a single family home that has eight tenants or whatever, right? Because there's eight bedrooms or four tenants, whatever number of bedrooms there is. Um, I usually designate one person there to help me collect all the rent and they get a kickback 50 bucks a month or whatever. So they, they, I've automated the rent pickup, right? I'm still struggling with one property. I'm trying to figure that out. But for now, that's how I've automated that. So that allows me, instead of having to go out you know, four or five times a week, I can go out once to every property and pick up rent from everybody. I've also automated things in my life. So I also own a moving company and my guys have been automated in that as well. I have a virtual assistant who does all my scheduling, who does all everything in my calendar. So that's automated, right? So that costs me money though. So here's really important for your listeners out there. Listen to this part. 
The moment you can afford to automate something in your life, do it because that's getting your time back. So for instance, last year I would go to Daytona Beach and I would have to be on the phone three or four hours out of my vacation. Let's just say that, right? Let's just say half a day of my whole vacation, I had to be on the phone scheduling my moves for my business. Now I don't do that because I hired a virtual assistant to do that. Now I'm one hour on the phone throughout the whole vacation, just confirming scheduling with my assistant and that's it, right? So now that I can afford that, I've purchased that. Here's like back to the goals thing. If you have a million dollars in the bank, but zero time, what good is that, right? I'd rather have all the time in the world and all my stuff covered than having money in the bank. So as soon as you can afford it, automate it. That's perfect. So let's talk about that. How do you find the right people to automate these tasks to? Because I'm sure that there have been times, or maybe, you know, not for you, but I'm sure other people have gone through that where they've trusted people to do things and things fell through the cracks. And that reflects on you as the business owner. So how do you make sure, how do you vet these people that you're putting in place? What I do is I reach out to people that are doing better than me and ask them how they did it. So for instance, big shout out to my big homie, Diego Corzo out in Texas. Diego gave me the virtual assistant. So asking people, networking, right? You know, ask someone else if they use a virtual assistant or, or if they know someone that does. So that's very, very important. Just make sure that you get good references and go from there. But if you don't, if you don't have that goal, you're never going to do it. I never would have thought I would have had a virtual assistant a year ago. Oh gosh, no. I was like, I can do it all. But that wasn't part of my goal. If your goal is to get your time back, you're going to focus on getting your time back. So virtual assistant allows me some of my time back, right? Instead of six hours of work, now I do one hour of work and she does the other five or six or whatever it takes. So then, so like I said, I had to find her through, you know, references and other people that have been doing it as well. So that's, that's the biggest way to answer your question is, is references, do some research, take the time because it's worth it because they are going to give you so much time back. So when you invest time into your goal, your goal is going to flourish, Man, I can't even say enough about that. Yeah. That's, it's, yeah. it's so it's simple, yeah. right? But it, but a lot of us don't think about mm-hmm. that because again, we're, we're so conditioned to think of wealth in terms of money, money. right? Exactly. And, and even in real estate, you hear more people talk about appreciation over the long term than you do talk about immediate cash flow. Exactly. So, you know, for you, I mean, I'm guessing that was always the goal is just is having that cash flow up front versus the long term appreciation. No. No, my goal when I started was money and I quickly found out very quickly. This part right here is crucial. You ready? Money is there. There is so much money out there. It's ridiculous. And you're You can have as much as you want of it. It's that simple. You can have as much money as you want, but time will not come with it. So you have to decide what's more important. If your goal is money, money is going to be made. It's not hard. Seriously, if you put even, because you go work 10, 8, 10 hours a day for someone else to make them money, if you stopped and did that for yourself, you're going to be a millionaire. I promise. The, the, the math works, but time might not come with it. So when I first started, the first thing I did was bought a, a six-unit apartment complex right after my single-family homes. I bought a six-unit apartment complex making $1,500, $1,600 a month. I mean, close to two grand I was getting there, but I was working. I mean, I was like, wait a minute. this there, Whoa, there is something wrong here. I heard that real estate gives you your time back. And I was like, this is causing me more work. It's causing stress on my wife, stress on my family. This isn't right. Something is wrong. So I stepped back. I reevaluated. And I said, uh, I read this book called Life and Air, and it talks about being a like a millionaire, but with life, not necessarily millions. You've heard, obviously, Bob Marley, right? 
he had an interview very famous where the guy said, are you rich man? And he said, what is a rich man? And the guy said, do you have a lot of money? He said, so in your country, you define a rich man as money. And the guy went blank because rich with what? Rich with money, rich with time, rich with health, rich with happiness. What are you rich with? And Bob Marley never addressed the question of how much money he said, but he said he has a lot of time. And that's what, you know, I was like, man, that's so, that's so true. All that to say, I sold the six unit apartment complex. I bought a single family home that does $500 less. Who's going to sell something that does less in money? But what, what the underlying thing that they didn't see is it gave me two or three weeks of my time back. So I used to work four weeks out of, I mean, every day of the month to keep this cash flow going. But now I have one single family that does $500 less, but it's only about three or four days a week of work. Oh, oh out of the month, I mean. Three, does that make sense? Right. Absolutely. Let's, let's talk about that because time is a big part of this interview. And so part of that is, you know, going back to your earlier statement, you walked away from your career to, to do this. Right. And so what did you feel you needed to accomplish before you just walked away from your career so that you could, I mean, cause it's, it's still a risk, right? So that you could take this risk and bet on yourself to be where you are today. So I'll tell you the moment I realized I was at a Christmas party and the owner of the company stepped up on the stage, said his hellos, gave out some iPads, some MacBooks, whatever. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, I want to thank everyone. I want to let you guys know that today, because of everyone's hard work, I'm finally retiring from the company. And everyone applauded. They were like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. He's retiring, da, 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 da. And in my brain, I was like, look, I hate to be the bad guy. I, I, but I, I seem to always be, because I always ask questions. I'm like, say that again? What? Thank you guys for working so hard. I'm finally retiring from the company. What? And everyone's applauding? I'm like, no, sir. I quit. I quit. I quit my job and I decided to pursue real estate. So I went, so there is some gap in between there. I'm not saying I didn't yeah, work. I was yeah, yeah, yeah. How, so I didn't, how long? Okay, so yeah, yeah. I quit my job and then I went and worked for Uber, Lyft and, and, and worked on construction sites, cleaning the sites while I focused on real estate. My goal was time, not money. So Ubering was enough money to eat. Lifting and, and working on the construction sites gave me enough money to pay my bills and eat. I wasn't trying to get rich, remember. Every, every, everything that comes out of my mouth at the end of it, always write comma, he wants his time back. So I worked on construction sites because I knew that going forward, I was going to make decisions to get my time back. So I was like, okay, I got to work, you know, as an independent contractor for the next two years so that I can acquire a loan, meaning that I have to work two years for that. Done. That's what I'm going to do. So I did that, saved as much money as I could. And now I was bankable after two years because I was self-employed. But after I quit my job, I knew that going forward, every decision I made had to directly affect my goal. Right. If you don't have a goal and you can't describe it in one good sentence, then then you're just working aimlessly and someone else is going to put you to work for their goal. Nice. I like that. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that people are always fearful of when we talk about real estate is, you know, the vacancies. Right. Okay. And or, or what happens in a market downturn or, you know, stuff like that. Sure. So kind of, I mean, because for you, it's not about the, the monetary gain. It's about the time. So how much time do you spend? thinking through solutions for if that were to happen. Like if you have several vacancies, I know you rent by the room, right. but how does that affect you in, in your business decisions? I would have to lose four tenants in an eight bedroom house before I went into the red. If I lose eight tenants in one, in one month, 
there's a bigger problem in the economy, right? <laughs> there's a huge problem. So I don't really fear that. I usually lose one or two tenants tops uh, in a month is two. And I literally, I, I could show you, I have about easy 30, 40 messages from people on Facebook who want to rent a room. I live in Nashville where the usual two bedroom apartment is going for about 1850 a month. If I can rent you one room for 500 and you're on contract to work in Nashville for two years, you don't want to pay that. You want to pay $500, get a comfortable room with Wi-Fi, water, and light bills paid. And more than that, I cater a lot to the Latino community who can't or have issues getting you know, an apartment or a house for rent. A lot of the times they are construction workers that are brought up from Texas or brought up from like Alabama who are specialized in a certain job of, I don't know, driving the crane or you know driving certain forklifts or whatever. And they get a stipend or a per diem of, let's say, $1,000. So they don't want to spend that money, all of it, on, on housing if they're only going to be here for two years. They also don't want to go into contract just in case you know they have to go back home for an emergency or whatever, right? So I provide a service to a very niche type of clientele. Wow. I, you know what? That's incredible because in business, it's all about solving problems. Exactly. Right? And that's a problem that you saw is, mm -hmm. you know, these guys are here for a season. They don't want to spend all their money. Right. And then you found a creative way to address that. But talk to me kind of about how you came to that decision to focus on that niche. Remember when I said that my parents got divorced and my mom had to rent out rooms? So I remember asking her before I started doing this, I was like, hey, mom, in 2008, did you feel that you lost tenants? Did you feel a recession? Like, what was your feeling during that time? Because I want to get into this business. And she literally looked her in the eye and said, what happened in 2008? And I was like, mom, seriously, the, the recession, the whole housing crash... And she was like, I had more tenants than I knew what to do with. Why? Because a lot of people didn't want to get locked under a two-year contract with an apartment complex, right? They were just trying to find housing to get through the crash. So when things like that happen, actually, it benefits us because people don't want to get under a two-year contract because they don't know what's going to happen. They are okay with going month to month. And if time has shown us anything, it's that it's going to be okay, right? It's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. So... Uh, if anything, I have more tenants during that time period. To kind of go go towards wrapping this up a yeah. little bit. I mean, what are some of the tips to that you can give to to a listener today who's on the fence like, man, I really want to get started in this, but I, I just don't know where to start, what to do. What are some actionable things that you can recommend to that person looking to get started? Write down your goal. <laughs> that sounds so cliche. And I almost felt weird coming out of my mouth because I heard that all my life. Write down your goal and that is going to be your, your, your cornerstone, if you will. That has to be your strongest thing and every decision you make has to go towards that goal. And if not, you're just going to be doing things nilly-willy here. Oh, there's gold here. There's gold there. There's this, there's that. And the reason that happens is because there is gold. There is money everywhere. So you're going to be chasing the rabbit everywhere and you're never going to catch it. So the best thing to do is focus on one rabbit and catch that rabbit. So get the goal, get your main core goal and go from there. And if I can give a shout out to some of the things that we offer, you can follow us on Instagram, one team underscore Felipe. That's a great place where you can get a lot of resources. I do a lot of videos there. And also we offer coaching and mentoring where we can show you the exact steps. I know some of your listeners might not be able to see the video, but I have tons of books here and not all of them were directly for my goal. So I wasted some time in that. I really do believe that because like, the, for instance, the Burr strategy that's in there. I'm never going to burr. So why did I take two days to read that book, right? So get a coach, get a mentor that can talk about your goal and give you strategic 
work for that, right? If you're going to be a swimmer, you don't need to go be lifting a ton of weights. You need to be lifting the right or stretching the right way or working out the right way. But the gym as a whole gives access to a lot of different things, to swimmers, to people who are in ballet, I don't know, runners, right? But not everyone trains the same way. So the goal might be the same, but the training has to be a little different. You don't want to train to be a swimmer if you're trying to bodybuild, right? Right. So that's right. that's what we teach in our coaching and our mentoring program. And, and and those are some actionable things that I would tell people. Find a good coach, find a good mentor, definitely read read books, but don't waste your time reading or, or, or educating yourself on the wrong things if it doesn't go directly with your goal. I mean, why? Okay. So let's talk a little bit about sure. that. Uh, give me like maybe two or three books that you've read that have had just a big impact on you that you'd recommend to to a newbie? So um, I have to give a big shout out to my Bible. I know that's cliche, but for me, I, I love the book of Proverbs because it's so smart. There's so much wisdom in the book of Proverbs. Whether you're a believer or not, it doesn't matter. Read the book of Proverbs and you are going to get so much freaking wisdom. It's ridiculous. So read that constantly. Um, aside from that, I have my book Life and Air, which I really love. Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, The Wealthy Gardener, Why the Rich Are Getting Richer, Tax-Free Wealth. I can go on and on and on. I love I love Perfect. to read. I can keep on going. <laughs> well, Felipe, man, I had just a blast. I've learned a lot from you. Thank you for coming on. Sure. I know you've got, a, you've got things you got to do. You're about to close another deal, man. That's exciting. I'm happy that we're recording today on that day where you can break that. But one final thing, just let our audience know where, where they can find you. I mean, if they want to latch on to you, if they want mentoring, or if they just want to see the progress you're making, where can they keep up with you? Absolutely. So you can find me at one team underscore Felipe on Instagram. You can, my website is teamfelipe.com. Felipe is spelled F as in Frank, E-L-I. I-P-E. You can also email me directly at FelipeMejia2010 at gmail.com. That's F as in Frank, E-L-I-P-E-M-E-J-I-A 2010 at gmail.com. And I do reply to everyone. I love, I love what I do. I love talking to people. And that's where you can get a lot of coaching and mentoring from me. Felipe, man, thank you so much again for just stopping by the neighborhood and blessing us with this wisdom on this real estate game. And I really do appreciate it. You've given us a lot to consider. And for you listeners, I want to point out a couple of things to you guys. I mean, Felipe was able to essentially retire from a traditional nine to five before age 30, and he's now in complete control of his time for the rest of his life. That's obviously super impressive, but here are a few things that stood out to me personally from this conversation with Felipe. Number one being, sometimes what we see as our biggest failures in life are actually the redirection to our greatest opportunities. I'll say that again. Sometimes what we see as our biggest failures are actually the redirections that we need to our greatest opportunities. When Felipe was denied the opportunity to become a police officer, which was his dream job, Felipe could have sat around and whined about his life being over and how bad things were for him, but he didn't. He did give himself time and space to be upset and to grieve, but then he picked himself up and he moved forward. So maybe you feel like you've gotten dealt a bad hand, but I want you to know that it's never too late for you to pick yourself up and chart a new path for yourself. Who knows? I mean, it could ultimately end up being the thing that is the best thing to ever happen to you and you have great time wealth for yourself. I also loved how Felipe mentioned the power of having the right goals, right? We talk about having goals a lot, but we need to make sure that our goals are the right goals. And so in one part of our talk, he said, you can have millions, 
but what are you going to do with that money? And I think the answer to that question is the goal that we should be aiming our efforts towards and not necessarily the money aspect itself. And finally, the last thing is this. Felipe got to where he is today by serving, serving, not selling, serving a very specific niche. He wasn't focused on being everything to everybody. He knows exactly who he's serving. And he even told us exactly what they want and exactly what they don't want. Then he found a creative way to give them exactly what they want. That's how you become successful in any business. So again, special thanks to Felipe for just dropping these gems on us, man. If you want to connect with Felipe, be sure to check out the links in the show notes at winningtowealth.com slash episode two. That's winningtowealth.com slash episode two. If you enjoyed this episode, here are a few things you can do to stay connected to us. Number one, join the wealthy neighborhood. This is our private community where we all share our money wins and we get answers to the money questions that we have. It's totally free and you can find the link at winningtowealth.com slash neighbors. That's winningtowealth.com slash neighbors. And if you're looking for some practical tips to get you started on your own money journey, you can download our free money guide at winningtowealth.com slash guide. In this money guide, I walk you through some key money wins that will get you moving in the right direction. And again, you can find that at winningtowealth.com slash guide. And finally, if you really enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to this and make sure you share it with somebody you know. I absolutely love five-star reviews, so don't be stingy with the stars. I love hearing you guys' feedback on the show as well. And as a reminder, you can find everything related to this episode at winningtowealth.com slash episode two. That's winningtowealth.com slash episode two. Take care, and I'll see you guys back in the neighborhood soon.